Blog Talk Radio. You there? Yep. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone who uh, heard a minute ago would have heard me with that nice opening. We had some technical difficulties. Can you hear me more? Absolutely. All right. So it's just not right that um, we start a podcast without your music. So um, without any further ado. Mauler, thanks for joining me again today. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me uh, back, Todd. I appreciate it. And uh, how was your holiday? It was good. Um, as you know, I have a um, soon-to-be nine-year-old girl, and she got more toys than uh, probably any child deserves to get. But uh, we were happy to give them to her, and I picked out the winner. She uh, always wanted a cat. But my wife and I are both allergic, so I got her um, one of these electric cats that does a lot of the things that a real cat does. Well, you you still there? Yeah, I'm here. We we have a seven year old over here, and uh, you know, like you said, he he gets everything that that he needs. So uh, my floor looks like a Lego landmine. So if you have to get up and go to the bathroom or something in the middle of the night, you could be in deep trouble. You could be in deep trouble. Well, um, it's really good to have you back on. And we're we're both uh, survived uh, Christmas with youngsters. And it's time to turn our attentions to the next most important thing in our life, which is, well, for, for you anyway. For me, it's probably third, daily fantasy. And we thought about taking our partnership to the next level. And so we've come up with this really neat idea. The Mauler and I are going to be joining a contest together. Isn't that exciting? I think it's real exciting. We're going to see if two brains work better than one. Well, after last week of DFS where I lost a little bit of money, I would not mind having a second brain, especially one that uh, makes money at this for a living. Uh, how was your week? Uh, it was up and down, but I, I was lucky enough to have a Cam Newton team, uh, you know, that was paired with, with some good receivers there, and I, I, I didn't didn't lose at all. <laughs> so, you know, I got a little bit of money back, and uh, I didn't do as well on FanDuel, uh, but I got a little bit back on DraftKings, and hey, uh, I'm back to play another week, so that's a blessing. Yep, and I had a couple Cam Newton lineups. In fact, every time I, I've played four to five millimaker tickets a week, because this is a hobby for me, and that's the that's the fun tournament. And I had never in the history of this season played the same quarterback in the millimaker 
until last week. And the quarterback I picked to play twice because I was big on him was Cam Newton. And he was also my cash game quarterback. But unfortunately, I played the least amount of cash that I had in any given week. And so while I won every single one of my cash games, it amounted to about 15 bucks. Well, I know we had talked last week about playing Cam and the advantages of him possibly getting 100 rushing yards. And uh, he made me look like a genius because he, he hit both bonuses with the 300 yards passing and the 100 yards rushing. So any guys that were listening last week that uh, heard me say he could possibly get the rushing bonus, and he did, you're welcome. Yep, and I uh, I picked up a stalker on Twitter. I think I know who it is, but I won't say it. Um, let's see how it goes. But <clears throat> someone came up with the um, moniker Pod from TA, and Pod um, picks on the fact that I tinker too much with my lineups, and tinkering got me in a little bit of trouble. I really like David Johnson among some other uh, running backs last week. And because I hadn't really laid out my exposure like I did this week to really make sure I had it the way I wanted it, uh, neither of my Cam Newton lineups had David Johnson in it. And I won some money with one of my Cam Newton lineups. I did pretty well. But um, add David Johnson to that lineup and we would be talking about a completely different week. Um, Instead, when the news about Spencer Ware came out that he wouldn't be playing, I also very much like Sharkandrick and thought he would be a little bit more um, contrarian, which he was. But uh, David Johnson was the one who um, got the gold. His game flow was perfect for him. And um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that situation next week, this week. Yeah, and I, I totally missed the bus on David Johnson. I felt I felt like I was in a dark closet all week because so many people had exposure to him. But I was like you. I was on West, and West did a great job. He just didn't get um, the type of carries you would expect that he would get in that type of game, especially, uh, you know, that, that he was performing well. But – uh, like you said, it's on to a new week, and uh, we'll, it will be very interesting to see the ownership of David Johnson this week coming off such a uh, a big week last week. I expect it will be high, and, uh, you know, it will be interesting. Well, that's one of the things that we're going to use as a tool. Um, as we make this lineup, we will be using the um, Roto-Grinders NFL field report. Um, Roto-Grinders, for those who might not know, is – one of the best websites, if not the best website out there for general information. A lot of it is free. And one of it is uh, done by Louis Lewis Cards or Louise Cards. And it is the field report. And in the Thursday game, David Johnson was the highest owned running back at 33.5%. Typically what that means is that you will um, – get a higher percentage on Sunday on these key guys because it's skewed uh, by Thursday ownership. So just to give you an idea, he put some of the key guys, Danny Woodhead's 19%, Latavius Murray's 17%. um, All that won't be in the tournament that we're doing. But what's also interesting, and I think it's important to mention before we get started, and we'll talk a little bit about – 
about game theory as we go along because we want this to be in, informational, that's not the word, informative to those who listen, but we also want to learn as we go and we want to make the best lineup we can. So the tournament that we are going to be entering is the NFL 1.75 million chop block championship, 150,000 to first. And I know you wouldn't mind splitting that with me now, would you Mauler? No, I wouldn't mind that at all. It would just uh, make my tax bill go up a little bit. So uh, I'm thankful that we're entering it on your account so we can uh, take care of the tax uh, problems that come along with a big win like that if it does come. Oh, don't worry. I will I will take out your share for you. Um Yeah, I know you, I know if we if we uh we make we'll five figure figures or above on this lineup, I know you gladly will. Um we'll figure something out. Um that that would be the least of our problems if we won 150 grand and had to split it. So, um one thing about these bigger tournaments and we listen to JM to win who plays in a $1000 tournament and this whole thing came about because I asked Mauler if he was playing in the 1500 this week, and he said no. Um, but in bigger tournaments where the buy-in is higher, the less the chalk goes off, according to what I understand. And the reason being is since people are investing so much, they want to differentiate themselves, to give themselves the best chance to win. Do you think that makes sense, Mauler? No, and I was I was talking uh, to a friend about this yesterday, and he was asking about the difference between cash and GPP lineups. And I told him, I, I said, to be honest, I don't differentiate between the two because every lineup that I make, I'm trying to make it with the idea that it's going to score the most points possible. So I really don't differentiate between, you know, cash and GPP when I'm making lineups because I want – every lineup that I make to be the highest scoring, um, you know, but for, for the sake of discussion and, you know, for the sake of the industry, you know, I break it down sometimes to where, yes, I have this much more money on a lineup. So I refer to it as a cash game lineup because I feel the most comfortable with it. Okay. Well, one of the things that um, is important is um, how you start a lineup. Now, I know for myself, and I believe you feel the same way, that JM to wins lesson at the Daily Fantasy Conference by Roto Grinders was that you build from the value up. But since we're going to be doing a GPP lineup, what I thought we would do is we would mention some of the best stacks of the week, and then we'll pick one, and we'll try and pick one that also has a, a, a good bit of value, possibly. And then we can see later if we feel the need to move up from there. How does that sound? Yeah, I think we, we talked about that in our pre-show discussion, and it just seemed to make the most sense. So uh, let's get rolling. All right. So um, you mentioned we did talk a little bit beforehand. What was uh, your number one stack of the week, regardless of price point? Uh, my My favorite stack was – Ben Roethlisberger with Antonio Brown and uh, uh, the low-priced uh, Steelers receiver, if possible, as well. So, um, Brian Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, 
I think it's Brian. I'm going in to look right now because there are uh, different price points on FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, yeah, but yeah well, I Brian's have... around 5,700 on DraftKings and Wheaton's yep. 4,100. Um, yep. All right. I... So, and I countered back by saying that, and looking at the Sunday field report, uh, at the field report, actually, uh, our two guys were both owned about the same. Uh, Bortles, yep. 17%, Roethlisberger, 16%. And both of them come with uh, a few challenges as it relates to GPP, simply because they do have so many options. Isn't that correct? Yeah, like we said, you know, you can you can stack Roethlisberger with Brown alone. You can stack him with Brown and another receiver, or you can even go the contrarian route and stack him with Wheaton or Bryant. And uh, same goes for uh, for Bortles. You had mentioned. Uh, Julius Thomas, and I think he was only 11% uh, owned in the Thursday lineups, and you know that'd be a nice stack to sneak up with as uh, Bortles and Thomas. But most people will be going the Bortles Allen Robinson route, or even the Bortles Hearn route. Okay, so um, before we lock anything in, let's discuss some of the other options just to clarify. So a few other guys that I have for GPPs are Tom Brady. Cam Newton, Carson Palmer, and a sneaky two guys, a little lower price that I like are Matthew Stafford and Jemias Winston. How about you, Mauler? Are there any other lower price guys that you like? Well, I think you uh, hit the nail on the head with uh, Stafford. He's at home. He always does well at home. And uh, he's against a 49ers defense that hasn't done well on the road at all. So I like that low uh, – low price pick of you out of there. And then also the Brady Newton um, doesn't necessarily have to be a stack, but you can play them naked up, up at the top price point. Then, uh, you know, last week a naked Cam Newton was very good because you could load up on the receivers and the running backs and try to accumulate a lot more points there. It seems that uh, Golden Tate, who was the guy that I had in a couple lineups, including my winning lineup last week, um, he also helped me to come from behind to beat um, Adam Levitan in my DraftKings head-to-head contest with him. Um, he had Calvin Johnson. I thought I was dead in the water. I thought he would switch to Tate, and he didn't, and it ended up costing him um, our matchup. So um, Stafford at 5.4% and... Golden Tate at 11%, or Blake Bortles at 17% with Julius Thomas at 10%. Now, I'm good with going either way on that. Um, I also happen to like Winston a lot, simply because it is easier to stack him, his ownership, and I have him in a couple GPPs with Mike Evans. Uh, Winston was 1.6%. And Mike Evans was 6%. And I will throw out those three options to you and let you decide which one you would like in our lineup. Um, and, and I mean that because if you've changed your mind from what we discussed earlier, I think all three of them give pretty good um, differences. And, um, when, you know, Winston... Evans is really good because Vincent Jackson was 
uh, ruled out. So which one do you like the best? Do you like Julius Thomas with Bortles, Ben with um, AB? We talked about, obviously, just now Stafford and Tate or Winston and Evans. Well, I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to take out Winston and Evans for two reasons. One, you already have them in GPP, and two, I told you earlier I'm in love with Doug Martin this week. Lovey Smith said, you know, he he wants to get Martin the rushing title, and I think they're going to feed him the ball a ton this week against uh, Chicago. So I'll, I'll dismiss Jameis, and I'll take out Stafford and Golden Tate um, just because I'm a Lions homer. Um, I could see that being a low-scoring defensive battle out of out of somewhere, just because you know things always go the opposite around here. And I, I like the Bortles Thomas stack, and I like the Big Ben AB stack. But what's going to be more beneficial to us in the long run? So, uh, like like I told you earlier, I think we can do the Bortles Julius Thomas stack and still fit AB in there. So, uh, All right. I say so, we go with the Jack stack. That's what we're going to do, and we're going to stick your boy Doug Martin in next. I think that will, um, let's see, on the field report, Mr. Martin was 10.8%. Um, I'm going to throw in, I, I'm going to throw a couple running backs at you, okay? Um, he's going to be, he's he's the chalk, but David Johnson at 5.8. My thought on Done. David Johnson, <laughs> my, my, what's that? Done. I mean, to be honest with you, my my lineups that I've made so far, my two running backs are Doug Martin and David Johnson. They might be the chalk, but again, our 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 objective is to score the most points, score the more points than anyone. And if we feel those two guys are going to score the most points tomorrow, we need to have them in. All right. Well, that was the guy I was leaning towards, but I also want to throw out the other guy that I thought was interesting to discuss here, which was Denard Robinson. Now, that would be an unusual stack in having the quarterback, the running back, and the tight end. But um, Denard Robinson in a game that could be a shootout, what are your thoughts there? Well, like you said – you like it, David Johnson not, more? It, well, I do like David Johnson more. But, you know, we can keep Denard possibly in the back of our mind for – for a flex play because he did have eight receptions last week filling in for Yeldon. And like you said, it's going to be a shootout. They're going to have to throw and He's a weapon out of the backfield. So, you know, if he sneaks in eight catches out of the backfield, you know, that that's the equivalent of 80 yards rushing for other running backs. All right, good. So now we come to what I would call the fork in the road for our lineup. Um, you've mentioned a few times that you like Antonio Brown. And when I look at this week, my favorite area is basically from 6.5 down. So at 6.5, you have Decker, 6.4 Landry, 6.1 Cobb, 6.000 Macklin, 5.9 Cooks, 5.8 Sanders, uh, 5.8 Tate. I'm not going to mention a couple guys who I don't like. Martavis Bryant, 5.6. Kamar Aiken, 5.4. Do 
And you could even go all the way down to Michael Floyd at 4.9, but I would probably stay away from him since we have David Johnson. So right now, if we, with, we've got an average of 5.2 left, okay? So if we put Brown in, that drops us to an average of 4.175 left. Now, we could slot in a defense, but my point is, I mentioned to you about five guys I really like in that mid-range. Oh, yeah. Putting Brown in there means that at best we can put one more of those guys in. Who do you think is the best values in the lower end that could balance off Brown and be better than, say, a Tate um, Macklin? Well, the only one that I trust a little bit down there at the bottom is Wheaton. But I like uh, I like your idea of maybe you know picking our defense now and then we can we can look closer at those guys that are you know from 6,500 on down because I like you said I really like a lot of those guys I like the Emmanuel Sanders matchup against a banged up Cincinnati D uh, I like Macklin against uh, Cleveland uh, I like Landry I like Decker so let's uh, let's go down and see what we can do. Before we do that, I'm going to throw out one other. If we're going to balance Brown, I've got two options. Okay. The New York Giants will be playing the Minnesota Vikings. And Uh. there are two guys at $3,500 who would balance out Brown. What do you think of Reuben Randall or Will Ty? Do you like them? That that would help us to afford Brown, or, and if you do like it, which one do you like better? Well, I mean, I love Randall because Eli's going to have to throw the ball to someone. Um, we got Odell not being able to play because of his suspension. That makes Randall the number one receiver. Um, so I, I love Reuben Randall in that spot, to be honest. Okay. I was torn between the two. Randall has never really stepped up, and he's the one who's going to probably get Xavier. Um, But let's look at Pro Football Focus. Mike Clay does this great article every week, and he gives ratings to the individual matchups. And Randall has a plus matchup of a 15. Now, just to give you a a couple ideas, um, Allen Robinson has a 60 versus Brandon Browner. That might be the highest of the week. Antonio Brown has a 48. Uh, Let's see. Deshaun Jackson, 32. Kenny Britt, 35. So Willie Sneed, 30. Jarvis Landry and Matthews, both high. uh, That's – and Emmanuel Sanders has a 45 matchup. Yes. Jericho Cotri, 32. And believe it or not, your old friend Sammy Watkins has a 44. So Ruben Randall at 15, why don't we plug him in for now? And that gets and us up our, to that gets yeah, us he'll up be our to, first out if we have extra money. That is that gets us up to with uh, uh, wide receiver flex and defense to 4400. So let's talk defense, Mauler. Who are your favorite defenses of the week? Well, my favorite are, of course, the 
ones up near the top. I love the Chiefs against Cleveland, but 4,200 is a lot to to pay for a defense. Um, when you move down uh, middle value at 3,200, I like the Bills at home against Dallas. Uh, and then if you go down towards the bottom, I like Houston at Tennessee at 2,800, and then the Lions at home against San Francisco at 2,800. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you some information gleaned from uh, my report that I did. Remember I mentioned that I'm doing something new this week, and I took all my lineups and counted my exposure and then balanced my lineups a little by by adding, for the most part. I did not um, run over a lineup. So defenses so far for me, I've got 20% Bills, 10% Broncos, 40% Chiefs, 5% Lions, 5% Redskins. That's because of a short slate I'm playing. 10% Seahawks, 5% Steelers, and 5% Titans. Now, off of that, I added another Steelers because I really like um, the D'Angelo Williams Steelers stack, I think that Baltimore, if Ryan Mallett or Jimmy Clausen start, the Steelers get a lot of sacks. They're right below the Bills. But if you like the Bills, that really is my favorite play other than the Chiefs this week. Do you want to slot them in and let's see what that gets us? Yeah, I, I like them at home. I mean, you know, Dallas is just struggling at the quarterback position. Um, they're going to get a lot of sacks. And, you know, Buffalo always has good special teams and could get you a return touchdown too. So, you know, at that price, I just think, you know, they're pretty safe. I really like the Bills and I really like the Steelers. And I'm torn between the two. Um, but my thought is that Kellen Moore is not the strongest quarterback. He's making his second start. And I think he could uh, throw some picks. So let's put well, the Bills in. Yeah, let's do that. And that leaves us with a straight $10,000 left, 5000 left uh, per on average. So that leaves us, just to let you know, below all the guys that we just mentioned that we liked. And yep. that puts us in the Michael Floyd, Brandon LaFell, Willie Sneed, Stefan Diggs, Travis Benjamin, and Marcus Wheaton area. Now, just for, as they would say, shits and giggles, I'm going to take Antonio Brown out for a second, and I'm yep. going to put Martavis Bryant in instead. And that would leave us with an average of 6850 left which mean we could pick two of those guys plus um, upgrade Ruben Randall. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like that because, like I said, I like the Emmanuel Sanders idea down there. Um, I wonder what – take out Randall and see what we can – if we take out Randall, we got a little over 5,700 per guy. And there's – um, five, seven, five, seven, three, three. Yep. Now, I really like Golden Tate. I really okay. like Macklin. You really like Sanders. 
Um, I think since we've got uh, Bortles, it would not be terrible to hope for, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be terrible to put Cooks or Snead in um, and hope that that game just completely goes ham either. So out of right. everyone, if you had to pick one guy, who's the one, uh, you know, Decker 65, Landry 64, Cobb 61, Macklin 6, Cooks 59, Sanders 58, Tate 58, uh, Kamar Aiken 54. Out of those, out of that group, is there anyone who really jumps out at you? I mean, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, if I had to pick anyone out of that group, um, just for the simple fact that I think he, I mean, 39.5 last week. Um, like I said, Cincinnati's a little banged up. Denver's at home. And, uh, you know, he's got I, I a prime matchup with Drake or Patrick. Yeah, and he's just too cheap. So we click in Emmanuel Sanders. That leaves us 5 7 per player. Um, now, I agree with you. I like your Golden Tate assessment. I mean, he's been over 20 the last few weeks, and his floor has has been 15. So, um, so we pop Golden Tate in, and that leaves us just a little below Brandon Cooks or Jeremy Macklin. So we can go back to the defense if we if we if we drop from the Bills to the Steelers, let's say. And I'm not saying we should, but if we drop to, from the Bills to the Steelers and the Steelers are playing on the road, so that's not as good, that would get us back to – that would put uh, Sharkandrick West, D- Delaney Walker. It. What's that? Yeah, yeah. I said the, that it still limits us because it only gives us West as an option. What if we go down – what did we say we like down in in the lower range? Uh, Lions. Well, in the Texans. lower range, I know there are some people who are on the Titans. Um, Brandon Whedon is starting for Houston. Tennessee is home, and at two thousand, that would give us six eight, and we could pretty much pick anyone we wanted at flex. Uh, Demarius that would, that, Tom. That would allow us to put yeah. Sammy Doug Watkins. Baldwin, Sammy Watkins, uh, D'Angelo Williams, Matt Forte, Eric Decker. So if we go down to the Titans, that's one option. Yeah. Now, another option is we, we looked at David Rob David Johnson. Now, I don't want to mess with David Johnson, do you? No, leave, leave him there. I, I, I clicked on his uh, bio, and his face is just staring at me saying, leave me in. It's quite quite eerie. So yeah, I don't think we want to take him out. Okay. So let's say that we stick with the bills for a second, because we really both do like that defense. That means in the flex, we could pick Delaney Walker, Kamar Aiken, Denard Robinson, John Brown, Alan Hearns, Ted Ginn, Darren McFadden, Michael Floyd, or what was that other defense that you liked around 2,800? Um, around 28, I liked the Lions and also uh, the Texans. I like the Lions, too. I don't like the Texans. 
I think that Mettenberger at home, he's a gunslinger. You could have one of those games where the Texans score a lot, or I think you could end up with a big zero, where I think another sneaky reason to put the Lions in is that Golden Tate is the punt returner. And if for some reason he takes it to the house, that gives us a double bang in a big tournament. Do you like that? Yeah, I don't mind that. That would leave us at 6,000 and then leaves us at Macklin, Cooks, and uh, T.Y. Hilton. And then what we could do is put Macklin in for now, and then we could see if Drew Brees is playing tomorrow. And we could make a final deter. I'm going to enter us with Macklin. Okay. Because I like Macklin a tremendous amount. And that would get us all our salary used. And it would, on game day, give us the chance to see if Breeze is a go, I would consider putting Cooks in for Macklin. Yeah. Simply because uh, if, that, if that game goes ham and you get overtime, it's nice to have someone on both sides of the game. Yeah, and I think Cooks, uh, believe it or not, has a little higher ceiling. I know that uh, we'll probably both agree that Macklin has the higher floor, but, uh, you know, I think Cooks, you know, no ceiling is maybe 10, 11 catches, 150. And I think that's just a little bit higher than Macklin's. I agree with you. And I've been on Cooks the last couple weeks. Um, probably didn't play him enough, uh, but I did play him. So I'm going to enter this as is, and then you and I, it's pretty good that even if people listen to this, they don't know what our exact lineup's going to be anyway. But nope. I, I think I think let's just review the lineup to make sure that we didn't um, leave anything in there. And this is a good exercise to do, folks is to make sure that you're not stepping on your toes anywhere. Do you know what I mean by that more? Yeah, we don't want to have a defense, um, you know, uh, playing an opposing running back or defense playing opposing players. Um, You know, we just want to make sure all our bases are covered and that, uh, you know, we didn't have any misclicks, as one of our good friends had in the uh, uh, DraftKings football championships last week. I, 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 I cried a crocodile tear for Al Smizzle. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. That's who I was. All right. So Blake Bortles, and we've got him stacked with Julius Thomas. You know, we, we never really seriously considered Allen Robinson um, as another option. And I'm going to do another thing here. If we took Mar- Martavis out for a second, and put in Allen Robinson, where would that leave us flex wise? Uh, all the way down all, yeah. all the way down the I, I just think I just think Thomas is the, the safer sneaky play because like you said, New Orleans just gets killed against the tight end. And anybody that's stacking Bortles, their first look is gonna be at Robinson and then I think their second look is gonna be at Hearns. So I think we're playing the best part of a sneaky play. Yep, I like that. Um, But it's good that we considered now. um, All right, so Doug Martin, there's no negative correlations there. David Johnson, no negative correlations there. 
Martavis. I think Martavis is very sneaky. I mean, when you consider that we say four thousand dollars going down from Antonio, thirty-eight hundred dollars going down from Antonio to Martavis. I looked at it like this. If I'm Baltimore, I'm going to do everything in my power to stop Antonio Brown after last week. Um, I mean, he could go completely ham, but if even if he goes ham and goes for 35, 40 points, if Ruben Randall puts up a, you know, a six point game, it, it, you know, you, you lose. Yeah, um, you're better off with your two mediocre guys at 20 each. Yep. So Sanders, no negative correlations, Golden Tate um, with the Lions defense, I think is a sneaky second stack. Um, And then Macklin or Cook for the flex. I'm going to hit submit, Mauler. I think think that's good. And one thing I like about Bryant, too, is when you mentioned the Steelers stack, you probably look at uh, Ben and A.B. first, and then you probably look at Ben and – uh, not Bryant, but but the lower owned guy because you know you can save some money. Yep, and I do think it could be a D'Angelo Williams week, similar to how. And that's the one thing that scares me about David Johnson. Last week he had three touchdowns, and you know that's unlikely to continue. I mean, John Brown dropped the bomb um, right in his hands the first drive of the game. I mean, that, that, that game flow could have been totally different, but at 5,800, what do we need? 25. We, we we need 25 out of Johnson. We don't need 45. Yeah. And when I looked at the running backs this week, it was just so underwhelming and I don't like chasing points. You know, I don't like being on, you know, the, the same person that everybody else is on, but the running backs were just so underwhelming this week, and Doug Martin has stuck out the whole week. And then, you know, after reviewing and, and doing my research, the next person was David Johnson. And, I, you know, that's just where I'm at at one and two this week. Yep. I, I, I do have some second thoughts about not fitting in Antonio Brown. Um, you know, there's a couple guys in this lineup that are – this truly is a Mauler-Todd kind of combo – because um, I had a sneaky feeling on Bortles playing New Orleans uh, where you were kind of a little bit more on Ben. Uh, you were on Martin and Sanders, and I liked them, but I, they certainly weren't my guys. And I like how we've kind of blended everything here. Yeah, I think uh, that team looks pretty solid. And if uh... – if the game flow goes how we're projecting, I think we should have a fun Sunday tomorrow with this team. Yep, I'm lo- I'm looking forward to it, and I hope it's a template where we can do some things uh, together. Um, you know, some of these really expensive fantasy football leagues I've never taken part in, and I've done very well in, in, in redraft fantasy. Uh, you know, I think it's fun for us to make lineups together. I think it makes for an interesting show out of all the shows that I've listened to. I've never heard a lineup being made where two people work together to put it together, um, where people can see the compromise. And if we're successful, I, I think it could be a niche for our podcast as well. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, one of the 
the best players, or I guess it's a pair, a ray of hope uh, is two guys, and, you know, they do what, what we did just now, only, you know, in the privacy of their office or whatever, they put their heads together and make the best possible lineups they can every day. And, you know, like I said, they're they're one of the best or the best pair of players, um, you know, out there. So I think I think we have a good lineup. I think we have a strong chance of cashing tomorrow, and hopefully we we can make some good cash so we can you know continue to uh, to put our heads together. Yeah, well, I think we can do that even if we're not successful the first time. Um, I think like anything else, a lot of times things get better with practice. And it doesn't do anything. Uh, it doesn't take away from our ability to do anything else. So, and, um, uh, go ahead. I just, uh, you know, appreciate you having me on again to talk uh, football this week 16. I just think it's, you know, a little sad that, you know, next week will be our last regular season week for DFS, but. You know, those playoffs, they uh, start ramping up uh, the stakes a little higher, and you have less games to choose from. So hopefully that'll make it a little easier on us once playoffs come. Yep. Now, we got a couple minutes left. Let's talk NBA. Um, the NBA and MLB seasons. You know, I started this podcast as a football podcast, but I do think it would be interesting, since you make a living doing this, that we – Spend some time. I mean, uh, we can call it a run to daylight uh, baseball or basketball pod. Uh, with a couple lineups left, I, I think I told you I had a very good lineup last night in basketball. Um, so anybody jumping out at you tonight for the NBA? Uh, uh, you know, uh, one guy that I think is very interesting, again, a guy that I like a lot is J.J. Berea. I think his salary is very low, and I think he has a little juice when he plays. Yeah, I'm right on you with that. Um, Derek Williams going to be out again. Uh, Devin Harris likely going to be out again, so Berea slides in and, and gets 30 minutes. Um, he'll probably be highly owned, but in basketball, you have to have that guy that's going to get you the points. So I love Berea. Um, I love T.J. Warren um, as a value guy. Uh, Phoenix is playing Philadelphia tonight, and I think he'll even get some garbage minutes. Um, he is starting now, but uh, I think he'll get some garbage minutes and be able to pick up quite a few points. And then I like the uh, Chicago bigs as values, Taj Gibson and, and Portis again. Uh, so uh, what, I've, what got, do you think about I've got that? both of them. Yeah, Portis was a part of that lineup that I had that uh, I came in 10th out of 3,000 people last night. Um, and I've got him back in another lineup. Um, I had uh, Portis and uh, Paul Gasol last night in that lineup. Yep, and I had uh, a buddy of mine that I play with. Uh, we kind of do what you do and split a lineup, but he had a nice uh, little lineup right behind mine last night where he had Gasol and uh, a few other guys that uh, I wasn't on last night. So, like I said, it's always good to have, you know, more than one brain and, and somebody that knows what they're talking about, you know, just to discuss it with, to, to, to get the gerbil rolling, you know. What do you think of Will Barton and Chandler Parsons tonight? Uh, I like Parsons because he's still uh, very, very cheap, and he's getting uh, over 30 minutes a game now, and it's not going to be too long where he's going to have a breakout game of, 
you know, 25, 30 real points and uh, somewhere around 40 fantasy points. I don't like Barton as much tonight, even though Denver's depleted with injury, just for the simple fact that you never know how bad the Spurs are going to beat them. It could be a blowout, and Barton could uh, not even see garbage time minutes. So he's a little scary tonight, uh, which is uh, a lot coming from me because I love playing Will Barton. Yeah, I've uh, I've been on a little bit of a roll for me anyway on NBA the last couple nights uh, or this last week, and Barton was a big part of that. I like him for GPP just for the reason you said. I think that a lot of people are going to be off him because of those reasons, lowering his ownership. And then you've also got the fact that the Spurs, an older team, are on a back-to-back. So I'm hoping that the that, that means that they can keep it close. And um, I will have him in at least one lineup, I can tell you that. So I thank you very much, Mauler. It was great having you. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking during the day tomorrow as our lineup goes off. And uh, thanks again. And that is your podcast. Have a nice day. Thanks for having me, Pat, and I'll see you next week. Hunting, everyone. Um, And then until next week. Man, we just fell about the place. If that chick don't want to know, forget her.